We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday, P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. My special guest today is the one and only Steffi Smalls. You can follow her on Twitter at Steffi Smalls. You can find her on Champions Round. She is a Giants connoisseur. She is the expert on all things New York Giants, which is why I'm thrilled to be talking to her today. Steph, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate you joining me. What uh, you know? What have you been up to? And uh, tell us about your uh, journey covering the Giants so far this year. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's nice that we finally, you know, we did this preseason, so it's nice to talk a little bit about you know, the Packers and the Giants and where they are now in this season. I don't only cover the Giants, but right. this has been a surprising, surprising season. Obviously not exactly the way that I thought it was going to go. If you told me back when we first did our pod that we were going to be three and one, I probably would have laughed at you. Um, but, you know, it feels good to finally get some wins under our belt. Excited, you know, I think that the Packers are going to be our first real ch- true challenge that we've gotten. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting game, a little bit different than facing the Bears with uh, no quarterbacks at the end of the game. That was a very interesting game, to say the least. But let me start by asking you this. If you had to just give me your elevator pitch on why the Giants are 3-1 and one so far, some of the things that they are doing well with Brian Dable as head coach, what would be your pitch so far? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes 
down to, and I compare it to last season, is like my biggest takeaway is really we're no longer playing to lose. Um, I think Joe Judge, a lot of the decisions that were made, especially at the end of games, were very much like, let's just continue the game and it doesn't really matter if we win. Whereas I think that Brian Dable is being a little bit more aggressive. He's playing to win. Uh, obviously, the O-line, um, you can amount that to, you know, Andrew Thomas, who has been playing fantastic. But as a whole, I mean, it's night and day from what, what we've seen. And then, of course, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, we wanted to see Saquon like this for, you know, since we saw him his yep. rookie year. And now he is back to his old self and debatably, you know, I think you could argue maybe looks even slightly better. Uh, a lot of weeks left, a lot of football to play. I think also, you know, you look at them, they're like second best in third down and in red zone D. You're not, I wasn't expecting that. Um, their secondary isn't great, but I think around the the horn there's just a lot of things that they're doing right where they did everything wrong last season it's shocking to me that they're able to do this with no re wide receiver core um but their defense has really been they've been surprising uh I, i'm personally shocked i was very worried about it even with the secondary the way it is but i think wink, wink martindale is just doing his best with what he has uh obviously very blitz heavy but it's working right now uh, we'll see once we actually face some real competition. <laughs> some of the best defensive coordinators have the way of making things work, even when mm -hmm. things aren't exactly in perfect circumstances. That kind of feels like where the Giants are at right now. This feels, in, uh, as a complete outsider, this feels like a total coaching turnaround where you've got yeah. competent coaches, both with Brian Dable on the offensive side, Wink Martindale on the defensive side, that are getting these guys to play to the highest of their abilities, maybe overachieving a little bit so far, but this this feels like a team that is no longer, for, for a while, they have been sort of an easy out for teams, right? You're going against the Giants, all right, yeah. that's going to be a win. You can almost look ahead to the week in advance. This is no longer an easy out. This is a team that's doing things the right way and playing the game of football in a way that we haven't seen the Giants do in, in I think, quite a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. And I think that, you know, when they talk about coaching changes, and we say this a lot, especially obviously in the offseason when we see these changes happen, and like you can't really ask for more. And I think what coaches, you know, good coaches do is they're able to get the most out of the players they have. Because if you look at this New York Giants roster, like it's good. You can find things to like about it. It is not that great of a roster, though. Right. It There is a lot of gaping holes and I think what they've been able to do is like how can we highlight your strengths you kind of saw that with what they did with Daniel Jones in the Bears against the Bears I think they're also you know doing a good job finding the weaknesses of the other team and kind of you know capitalizing on that how can we get ahead of this team because of where they're not doing very well when they play another team. So I, I think that the coaching definitely has made a massive change because again, like you look at this wide receiver core and you would expect that they cannot win games. I don't know if there's any Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon fans out there, but like, it feels like you know, just as this last episode where the greens were like, all right, now you're finally playing the game. It feels like the giants know how to play the game now. And they are figuring things out at a level with, again, their coaching staff that just hasn't been there. 
uh, under the Dave Gettleman and the Joe Judge and everyone else. Like, this is a different Giants team. And I think Green Bay is going to find out very quickly that this is not your, uh, you know, last three, four years of Giants football where, again, you could kind of mark a W on the schedule before the season began. This is going to be a really interesting game. I, I want to ask you, though, while this should be a very fun and entertaining game, and it seems like Daniel Jones is probably going to be good to go, one of the big question marks going into this week is that the Giants last week finished with Saquon Barkley at quarterback, which was uh, definitely an experience. Where are things right now standing with Daniel Jones and with Tyrod Taylor? And it seems like without picking up a quarterback, they feel fairly confident that those at least one of them is going to be able to go. Uh, but what is the current status of the quarterbacks this week? Yeah, if you, I feel confident in saying that Tyron Taylor is not going to be an option. He won't be available. He's in concussion protocol. You know, everything that just happened with Tua, I think also a lot of these uh, clubs are not going to – they're not going to touch it. Uh, I yep. think that he will be out, and I, I think that's okay. I think that's what they should Good be thing. doing with him. That should be how they are handling yep. that situation. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Coach Dable and how, you know, Daniel was asking to go back in the game, and he said, you're not going back in the game. You are hurt. You're obviously hurt. We're not doing that. Um, it looks like Daniel looked great, honestly, from the clips that I saw of him at practice. Very mobile. I don't know how mobile he would be in a total game situation, but I think it looks like he's trending towards playing. So will they have to adjust the playbook a little bit for that? Are they also maybe, you know, milking that that's not as big of an injury as it possibly is coming against a, a you know, a little bit more serious of a competitor. That could also be it too. But I, I think Jones is, Jones is in a good spot as far as his injury goes. He's trending towards playing. Uh, Webb is also a guy that, you know, long-term, you know, he knows the Giants very well from when he first started out in the league. So do I want to see Webb? No. Uh, it's already going to be tough with Daniel Jones in to even try to stick it like compete with you guys, but I, I think we're in a good spot to see Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think so too. And again, I think the big tell here is that they haven't really added a quarterback to the roster. So it would seem that, you know, one of those guys is probably likely to play and it seems more likely Daniel Jones than Tyrod Taylor, as you mentioned at this point. But if we watched anything from, from Packers Patriots last week with Bailey Zappi at quarterback, guess what? The Patriots gave Green Bay everything that they could handle in Lambeau Field with mm -hmm. Bailey Zappi because they could run the ball. And no disrespect to Ramondre Stevenson and, and uh, Damian Harris, they're not Saquon Barkley, and they're certainly not 2022 Saquon Barkley. Um, I'm hesitant to say this because it's always going to seem hyperbolic, but I'm seeing some legitimate Barry Sanders-esque flashes from Saquon Barkley and the things that he is doing on the field right now. I think when he was drafted initially, anytime a running back in today's day and age is drafted that high, there is a level of expectation that you need to be basically superhuman in order to be drafted at that point as a running back. Um, I think there was some expectation coming out that Saquon could be that. He's fought injuries and a variety of different issues and just bad football teams throughout the course of his career. This finally feels like the Saquon that everyone was sort of expecting coming out of Penn State. Just how good has he been and what has he meant to the Giants so far this season? Yeah, I mean, and there's so much when he was drafted, you know, where he was drafted, how high he was drafted, Dave Gettleman, and like, there's been a lot of just kind of theatrics and just, you know, this it's a great just looming cloud over like him and how, you know, he had that fantastic rookie year and then we didn't get to see him and then he got, well, we did, and then he had the high ankle sprain and then he tore his, 
So it's been a lot for him. And I think last year the expectation was great. We get Saquon Barkley back. We also had a horrible O-line. The coaching staff was just, it just wasn't working in New York on top of, I don't think Saquon was at 100% yet because I think you see where he is now. And he's talked about how, you know, he, he worked out differently this year. And you could tell he's also, I think, one of the big things too is like he is all bought in on the New York Giants. Um, you can hear, you know, talks about the Bills calling and this calling. Like Saquon wants to be a New York Giant. I fans don't. There's a lot of fans that want to trade him too. I just think that he's so bought in. He's so just set on being the best he can be for this organization. And you saw him do that. I mean, he's had 84 attempts. 463 yards and he's averaging like five and a half yards a carry that's crazy and a lot of that you know comes down to this is the best line he's been running behind since he came into this league um and I think that you know you even look at Daniel Jones and how he's he's looked better than he's looked in past years um and the closest thing he got to that was his rookie year um but the run you know the run blocking is just night and day so that that only helps Saquon and uh you hope obviously that they don't run him down too much but the fact that is when you do this get this like special talent that he is um you know, he's able to take on a little bit more. And luckily for us, because we badly need him to be that guy, he's carrying the Giants on his back. But yeah, he's a special guy. He's doing things that, you know, you love watching him. It's why, you know, I have his Penn State jersey behind me. I loved him as a college athlete. So uh, it'll be interesting again. Like, I'm excited to see him against the Packers defense because I think he's had good opportunities. And I think that this will be again, like an, a different challenge for this O-line for Saquon for Daniel Jones um, that maybe they haven't seen yet this season. I think this is a really interesting matchup in that regards because Green Bay's run defense has not been good and lived up to expectations so far this season. And like I mentioned, you know, Ramondre Stevenson and Damon Harris, even with no real, you know, quarterback threat with Bailey Zappi and some wide receivers that aren't exactly anyone that's going to, you know, threaten you or make you worried. Mm -hmm. They couldn't stop the run. They didn't set the edge well. Kenny Clark had a below average game for his standards. The linebackers weren't like getting to their spots. It was just a very odd game. I think sometimes what happens when you have a game like that is the coaching staff is so through the roof with coaching run defense the next week that the players and the coaches and everyone, especially when you're set to face a player, the caliber of Saquon Barkley, you're so ultra hyped up and focused on stopping the run that that, that can almost be a good thing because you had a poor week the week before. On the flip side, the Giants are like, man, this Packers defense against Stevenson and Harris looked bad with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. If they look that bad against those two, imagine what we can do with Saquon Barkley. So mm -hmm. this is going to be a strength versus a weakness of Green Bay so far this season. I think Green Bay is going to be hyper-focused on stopping the run. Matt LaFleur basically called out Joe Barry and said, you need to play more guys in the box when the yeah. other team is running well. I, I can't wait to see how Green Bay responds, and I can't wait to see the challenge that is Saquon Barkley against this Packers run defense. Green Bay should have the talent to stop the run. They haven't so far, and I, I just think this is going to be a really fun matchup for that exact reason this week. Yeah, and I think we even talked about this, I think, before the season started. Like, the expectation was for them to have a much better run defense than they displayed this past week. So Big I time. think for they, them to be able to, uh, you know, respond this week, and here's the ultimate test. Like, here is one of the best, some argue, the best running back in the league, 
stop him then. Like, if you guys are the Rundy that you should be, then here you go. Here's the biggest test of them all. And we've seen, you know, the Giants ultimately, like, we can't do anything in the air. Like, that's it. It's It comes down to running the ball, and that's going to be, like, to stop the Giants entirely, like, you just have to stop the run. It's It's – Almost, it's almost too simple. <laughs> but it should have been too simple against New England too. And unfortunately it wasn't for Green Bay. So I think that's what really makes this just a an extra level of intriguing this mm -hmm. week. One of the players you mentioned early and one of the reasons that New York is having the success they are having and certainly yeah. running the ball as well is Andrew Thomas. One of the reasons that Green Bay got away with a win against New England this past week was because Rashawn Gary just balled out, you know, sack, knocked Brian Hoyer out of the game, forced fumble later. Like, he was just an absolute freak. We could see some Andrew Thomas versus Rashawn Gary, even if not Rashawn Gary moves to the other side. You know, you get some Andrew Thomas versus Preston Smith. I... I am not a uh, a Dave Gettleman supporter. I don't think there's very many of those people out there still. I loved the Andrew Thomas pick when he was made, and I know that this was a Tristan Wirfs and Mackay Becton and mm -hmm. uh, Edric Wills draft where everyone had their certain flavor. I just had a feeling that coming out of Georgia, Andrew Thomas and his footwork were ultimately going to succeed. We are finally seeing not just the best of Saquon Barkley, but we are seeing the best of Andrew Thomas. If we get some Andrew Thomas for Sean Gary, that has some legitimate heavyweight fight potential. Uh, but either way, Andrew Thomas playing the best football of his career so far. I know. And I have to, like, I admit this and probably one of my not bigger misses because I knew that Andrew Thomas would amount to something, but I will admit, like, I was a little upset when we drafted him. And then, you know, he did struggle. And then there, yep. you know, there's things that Good we time, can blame that on. He also, you know, that line was, I mean, now we're talking really bad. If you want to go two years ago, that was, it, it was a nightmare. And Andrew Thomas has shut me up so much to the point where, you know, if you're a PFF person, he is the top graded tackle right now. And, but you don't even need that. You just watch him. Like he is phenomenal. He is one of my favorite players to watch on the New York Giants. And I think, you know, it'd be awesome. I, I'm excited for him to really get that challenge because I think he can handle it. And I think that Andrew Thomas is one of the key players for this week. So I think that, you know, what whatever Andrew Thomas can do and hopefully, you know, Evan Neal has struggled a little bit, uh, but again, you expect that and you want to be patient, especially with these O-linemen. It's like, it's very difficult to transition at from any position to the next level, but especially on the line. So I'm, I'm interested to see what our line can do. We kind of had a week the week prior, uh, then before we played the Bears where they looked, I mean, the, the Cowboys just absolutely disintegrated them. It was a, a disaster. So I think that they re they responded to that. And it's kind of that shows that's a lot of coaching, too. So we'll see how they can prepare for this. And if Andrew Thomas can step up to the challenge, which I very much think he can. This is a, a perfect symmetry because. You, not a huge fan of the Andrew Thomas selection. I tweeted before Rashawn Gary got selected, anyone but Rashawn Gary. And then I tweeted immediately after Rashawn Gary got selected, you have got to be kidding me. Um, so I was not a huge fan of the selection. I uh, was thankfully able to quickly remedy that after I did a deeper dive into Rashawn Gary after he was selected a little bit. But um, we were in very similar spots on the opposite end of the spectrum. I love Thomas. I did not like Gary. Um, but uh, it, both of these guys playing at the top of their game right now. And I, I, when Green Bay faced Tristan Wirfs uh, in Tampa Bay, obviously an, another fantastic offensive tackle from that same class, um, Preston Smith kind of had to uh, 
Uh, I don't know if you got the short end of the straw that week or what, but they chose to put Rashawn Gary on the opposite side and uh, Preston Smith got the, the short end and had to go against work. So we could potentially see the same thing where Preston's yeah. got to do the uh, the heavy lifting against Andrew Thomas and Rashawn Gary gets the rookie and Evan Neal. But either way, there's going to be some snaps, I would think at minimum, that we're going to get to see those two go up against each other. And it should be a ton of fun. You mentioned earlier the, the Giants wide receivers, and this has been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Sterling Shepard, of course, had the unfortunate injury, just a, a brutal break for a guy that um, just, you know, has come back and fought back from injuries in the past and now has another one this year that's going to cost him the season. Um, you know, they're, they're fighting other injuries on the, the, the team as well. Kenny Galladay has not been uh, as expected to say the very least and to be very kind. Who's going to step up for the Giants at wide receiver? Let's assume Daniel Jones is at who's ever at quarterback. Doesn't even matter. Who's going to step up for wide receiver for the Giants this week? I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice-cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best-tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the sparkling lime liquid death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9 a.m., Seriously, guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it, and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, boys and gentlemen, really, this is like the worst gift that Gettleman gave this team and left them with is this wide receiver room. It's been a disaster. I mean, you look at what Daniel Jones has played with, the best wide receivers since he has started have been Sterling Shepard in and out, Darius Slayton, who 
can't exactly hold on to the ball most of the time. And then Golden Tate. Um, those have been his options his entire time. And then we expect this kid to do fantastic. But that's besides the point. So back to your question is, you know, I'm not sure. And that, it's kind of ridiculous for an NFL team to not really know. Like, there is no clear wide receiver one. It's not is not going to work out with Kenny Galladay, I don't think. My next best guess, if I had to, I would put my money on Wondell Robinson. I don't know that Kadarius Tony, despite the talent that he is, and God, do I hope that he pans out um, because I think that he is that elite talent. We got that one taste of him from the first time we played the Cowboys last season. Um, but I would put my money on Wondell Robinson. I think that that is going to end up being the direction that this team goes. I think that he can fill that role where, you know, Sterling Shepard was Daniel Jones's most reliable wide receiver, his most reliable target. And I think that they had drafted Wondell Robinson with the idea that he will fill in in the slot. And that's going to be Wondell's role. I think that you can also use Wondell in a bunch of different ways as well outside of the slot. But I think it's going to be Wondell Robinson for this team and for what the scheme is, the way that they've been playing. So if I were to put my money on someone, despite me maybe wanting it to be Kadarius Tony, I, I think I would put my money on um, Wondell. It feels like it kind of has to be Wondell Robinson. Right. Right? Like there's just not a ton of options left. And um, Kadarius Tony, man, like talk about a player with, you know, when he gets the ball in his hands, has the opportunity to be just this explosive playmaker. Mm -hmm. just hasn't worked out that way. And yeah. I, I'm with you, like, like with Saquon, right? Like some of the struggles early in his career, like from an NFL standpoint, listen, I'm, I've, obviously I'm a Packer fan, but like, I'm an NFL fan. Like I want players like Saquon Barkley and yeah. Kadarius Tony to do well, because that makes the NFL more fun when those type of players, when the, you know, that have that explosive playmaking ability are playing at the top of their game. It just makes the NFL so much more exciting. And we've seen Saquon and what that means. I hope Kadarius Tony gets there as well. I hope Wondell Robinson gets there as well. Maybe like two weeks from now instead of this week would be a little bit better. But uh, overall, those are fun players. And I, I do hope that ultimately they end up reaching their ceilings. But like I said, it feels like it has to be Wondell Robinson. Now, talking about players who are, you know, hopefully reach their ceilings eventually, the Giants have two top 10 picks from this past year's draft. We talked about Evan Neal a little bit, some of the struggles that a rookie offensive tackle goes through. Kayvon Thibodeau finally, you know, back from his injury uh, in playing. What, what have you seen so far out of these two top rookies uh, from this class? And what do you think they're going to be able to bring to the Giants both this year in this game and long term? Yeah, so I think Evan Neal, right, like I could not have been happier drafting either of these guys. I mean, ecstatic. I think that they walked into that draft and they did exactly what this this franchise has needed. Um, and I, some fans might argue with you differently, but that's, in my opinion, this was the best two picks that they could have made. I think that Evan Neal, like I said earlier, it's really difficult sometimes for linemen to transition into the NFL. And that's why we don't always see them come right. It's very hard for a lineman to walk in and just play fantastic NFL level, like, really? play. so I, I think that Evan Neal has struggled this year. It's, I mean, that's not a shock. I think that this is going to be a big test for him this week, but I think he's shown improvement too. You watch him even throughout the game. So normally in the, you know, once you get after halftime, he's really in there and he is improving and he's trying. And I think he's, you know, hopefully he did have a little bit of an injury. I'm hoping that 
doesn't flare up. But I think we did find our two franchise guys on the line. And that's something that this team has lacked for a while. So Evan Neal, I think that he needs this challenge too. He kind of seems like someone to me who would play up to competition. Or maybe that's the idea in my head uh, that after like hearing his interviews. But again, I'm looking forward to seeing what he looks like from the start of the season to the end. I think he's making the right progress. Uh, but he definitely has a lot to work on. And it, it's clear. I think that you guys could find a lot of weaknesses in him. And he could have a very, very rough game against the Packers. But I'm hoping he doesn't. Uh, you obviously want these guys to do well. And he's someone that I really liked, you know, coming out of college. So, obviously, pleased that he is on the New York Giants. And then Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, it's a shame that he missed some of the games. But, again, like, he went the second game. He you see him, the impact that he's going to make eventually. It's very small right now, but he is in every play. Um, he's, again, another guy who I'm excited to see have a challenge this week, and I think it's coming at the right time for him because this will now be his third game. So it'll be interesting to see how this game goes for both of these guys. It's definitely a big test. And correct me if I'm wrong, you've got a pretty darn good rookie tight end that's uh, been playing some pretty good football as well, correct? Yes, and they're, you know, they're running a lot of three tight end sets. Very interesting. Um, you know, you have all three of those guys on there. Daniel Bellinger is going to be fantastic in this league. He actually was one of my favorite rookies. Uh, I was so pumped that we got him because he's kind of everything that we wanted Evan Ingram to be but couldn't. Um, he is a great blocking tight end. Obviously, that helps significantly when you don't have the strongest O-line. Um, and he can catch. And I think that you will see – that chemistry grow with Daniel. It's been growing since since the season started. You see him more involved every single week. So uh, he might be a big playmaker this week if, you know, we can't get Wandell on the field or, you know, Danny's a little bit banged up or, you know, maybe Breida gets involved a little bit, but, you know, they haven't really used him in the running game. So I think they're going to go the tight end route. So I hope Bellinger does get involved this week. He He's very good. Yeah, he is. I, he was a player that I thought Green Bay was going to target pretty aggressively. I thought so too. He ends up going to the Giants. Uh, not bitter about it at all. Uh, he's obviously had a really nice start to the season, but I do think like when you're a young quarterback, and especially when you don't have like intense wide receiver weapons, like you just tend to lean on your tight ends a little bit more. There's, yeah. Like, there just always seems to be that comfort level between quarterbacks and their tight ends. And like, if things go to crap, like, all right, where's my tight end? And I'm going to throw him the ball and just hope he can box out and make a play. Um, I think that 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 chemistry between Jones and Bellinger, I have a feeling it's going to develop pretty quickly. And I think he could be a, a player that's in line for a big game here as well. All right. So if I had to kind of ask you as we go into London for this game, um, obviously we talked about Andrew Thomas versus Rashawn Gary, but there's going to be multiple matchups in this game that ultimately have the opportunity to swing this game one way or the other. What's a matchup that you're going to really be watching for as this game unfolds? Yeah, and this is probably pretty broad and a vanilla answer, but I think that the Green Bay receivers can have a very good game because the Giants secondary is a struggle. And I think that if they take advantage of that, uh, the wide receivers are going to eat. I think that it's important for the Giants, to, you know, they're going to want to keep the ball on the ground, try to get Aaron not to pass the ball, because unfortunately that is where the weakness is on this team, is it's not a strong secondary. And I think it's a good opportunity for, unfortunately, Green Bay to kind of get right with their wide receivers. This is where Aaron can kind of, you know, get things back on track. Um, and, you know, I think I'm going to be really looking at this wide receivers versus the secondary. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be a fun matchup. But if you thought that was vanilla, uh, mine is, I mean, it's the most obvious, right? Saquon Barkley versus this Packers run defense. We mm. talked about it. Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson averaged basically five yards per carry against Green Bay with Bailey Zappi as quarterback. And now you're not at Lambeau. You're in a neutral field and Saquon Barkley's, you know, facing you this week. I think okay. to me, to me, this is simple, right? Like if you control Saquon Barkley, even in some capacity, like I'm talking about like, you, maybe he gets 105 yards on 20 carries or something like I'm, I'm like that to me is even like, okay, they mostly controlled him. If they do that, I feel like Green Bay's opportunity to win this game goes up just like exponentially. If right. Saquon has like a 25 carry 180 yard game. All right. Now this is very interesting. And Green Bay has a real opportunity to potentially lose against the Giants. So Saquon Barkley controlled Green Bay. I have no sweat whatsoever. Probably wins this game. Saquon Barkley playing like Saquon Barkley. We've got a ball game and we saw that very much against New England a week ago. All, right, all that being said, Steph, what is your final prediction this week going into this game? Yeah, I think it would be pretty shocking for the New York Giants to beat Green Bay and move to four, move to four and one. I don't think that that is happening. I think that the Packers will win this game. What I do think is, I believe that the New York Giants can keep it closer than people think. I know, mm -hmm. you know, right now, the, like, Green Bay is, like, minus eight favorites right now. I, I think that's a little, a little much for what they are coming off of against the Patriots. I actually think the Giants are a little bit better of a team than the Patriots, not by much. Um, I think that they have Saquon, and if they're able to use him, if Daniel Jones is at full strength, I think they can keep it a little closer than uh, the eight points that they are giving Green Bay. So I'll go, you know, if we're going to do a score here, why don't I be nice and I'll say 24-17 if I believe in that. I don't know about that, but I do believe that the Giants are, you know, they're turning a new leaf and this is a good opportunity for them to display that. But it's either going to be a closer game or it's going to be a complete shutout, something like 24-7. Yeah, I like 24-17. I think that sounds about right. I think I think this is, has the opportunity to be a little bit of an annoying game from Green Bay as well, from Green Bay standpoint. And I just wonder how much they learned from that New England game. If they yeah. really learned like, all right, New England exploited some weaknesses and they figure out how to close those gaps and make sure that they're not allowing the running lanes that they did against New England. This could be a long game uh, for the Giants. On the flip side, if New England, or excuse me, New York looks at the tape from New England and is like, all right, if New England did that, we think we can even do that better. And if they exploit those opportunities, I think it's an opportunity for New York to keep this really close. And like I said, be a really annoying opponent this week. I ultimately like Green Bay. I'll go 24-13 just to be a little bit different from you. But um, I think this has the opportunity to be a, a close game. And uh, again, the first time that two teams with winning records have played in London. So it should be a fun matchup overall. All right, Steph, any final thoughts or plugs as you uh, get out of here today? Where can we follow you and what are you currently working on? Yeah, I think it's going to be a big test for both of our teams uh, in different areas or not, but it should be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Always fun when you get, you know, not necessarily a primetime game, but looking forward to this game. You guys can find all my stuff at Champions Round. You can download the app and you can find me on Twitter at Sevy Smalls with three L's. I have a lot of gambling content too, if that's up your alley. So yeah, check me out. This is great. Obviously love always coming on and talking Packers, Giants, whatever it is with you. Guys, please make sure to follow Steph at Steffi Smalls. She's the absolute best. Um, as she mentioned at the onset, yes, she knows the Giants in and out, but she covers all of the league, 
also a little bit of a, a gambling uh, expert as well. So make sure to check her out. She's going to have everything that you need from that standpoint. So follow her on Twitter and make sure you're checking out her content. Steph, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it greatly. This was absolutely amazing. I feel smarter uh, going into this Giants-Packers game because of this. So I uh, appreciate you greatly. Um, again, follow Steph. You can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. That does it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Or for the Steph, Good luck with your Giants this week. <laughs> Good luck.